Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Stream of Thought, episode number 121. Normally, we give you a little preview of what we're about to talk about, but because Ricks and I have fucked it up so many times, we're just going to go straight into the episode. So with that being said, episode number 121, Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. <laughs> But yeah, it was funny. So get this. So yesterday I go to CVS and I never like I I just don't I don't get it, dude. I just don't get it. So I walk in there and as I'm at the register, I hear a little bit of commotion. And I'm thinking to myself, someone's trying to steal something and security stopped them. And I'm walking up to the front and sure enough, got a couple folks up there making trouble. And there's like three or four security guards that are there. And I, up, I walk up and the guy is like, hey, you got, your, you got your shit back, bro. You got your shit back. Just let us go. Just let us go. You got it back. And for some reason, they wouldn't let them go right away. And he's like, bro, I'm, gonna, I'm about to break out one of these windows, bro. And I'm just like, all right, well, here's my receipt. Here's some of my Gatorade. And I just walked out to show him the items that I bought in the receipt. And I'm walking out. And I'm just thinking, like, why? First of all, why would you, you know, if you're a teenager, I, I can expect that because it's the thrill. You know what I'm saying? But it's like you're a full-grown adult and you're tr- like, what's the most expensive thing you're going to find at CVS aside from prescriptions? You know what I'm saying? And right. it's like, dude, the jig is up, man. Just admit defeat, bro. Like, they, they clearly found the stuff out of your bag. Just say, you're right. I'm sorry. Apologize. Stop being so, uh, so defensive and threatening to break a window. One person was just right away, you could tell they were, well, I, I like to refer to them as riffraff, you know? The other person yeah. was a man wearing women's clothing. And a lot of the time when you see that, they, I mean, obviously there's, okay, a side note, like there's a large transgender community out in LA, more predominant than probably other parts of the country, right? But the difference is like, sometimes you see these people, it's like, I think they're straight or maybe they're not, but they're just hopped up on drugs. They're just wearing whatever it is that they could find at the corner. And somehow they've acquired a wig and a tank top they're wearing men's shorts, but there's, it's just like this, it's just like, I want to see what this person's life has been like the last 24 hours. What has this person been doing the last 24 hours? It's just very strange. Dude. And another time, huh. another, it's, dude, LA is so fucking weird, man. I'm going down another, I'm about to digress on this story. <laughs> but anyway, going back, yeah, it's like, just admit defeat. And then, but the other thing is too, is, and I noticed this one time when someone tried to steal, someone stole from our store is that the security guards, a lot of these retail places are only hired to deter theft rather okay. than stop it from happening. But I mean, they will stop right. you, but if you just walk out and if you push them out of the way, they're not allowed to grab you. They're not allowed to do, unless because it's liability on the company. Some places there's different levels of security that you can buy from a company, but these are like the mid low le- or like at the very bottom. And so if you want to steal something, you could totally steal something and just push the security guard out of the way and that's it. And you get away with theft, which me, my big thing is just don't do what you're not supposed to do and you won't pay the consequences. 
and my thing is too, because having worked in retail so long, you see so much theft, and I'm not exactly advocating this crusade of violence, but some people, bro, they just need a fucking baton straight to the face, and that'll stop them <laughs> from stealing from that store again. You know what I'm saying? How Christian of you? I don't give a fuck, dude. Like seriously, because when you when you are living in it, I'm not saying from a customer, but when you're working in retail and you are living that, and people are stealing all the time, just lay down the fucking law, yeah. and then people won't yeah. steal. You know, right? So my sister has worked security basically her entire professional career at this point, and I remember her telling stories about how, yeah, they literally they can catch them and try to detain them, but if they force their way out, there's nothing that can prevent that person from just running away and doing it. I mean, security cameras and stuff like that, you're gonna get police involved, and so there's gonna be external stuff that goes on. Yeah. But the, the helplessness for people who are just trying to maintain civility in a place like that. So that's that's very interesting, especially during this time too. I'm hoping I'm hoping that this individual did not have a backpack full of toilet paper and Purell. No, I don't know what it was. Not. I don't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> but particularly like it is, dude. You just got to come out to LA and witness this for yourself. There are so many interesting characters crazy weirdos they're just like yeah. characters to say the least dude in in the past couple of days or whatever you know doing being stuck at home and now it's it's going up to over a week now so i've been here and youtube has been my pr primary outlet mm -hmm. for trying to see what's going on in the world you got people like phil defranco which i don't know i did you ever watch phil DeFranco? no i think oh. i've watched like one video but i remember you telling me that he's the go-to person that other youtubers or people go to for unbiased news or something like that right he's like the internet news source which is relatively rare to find these days who people who and I disagree with him in the way that he portrays. There's always two sides to an argument. Sometimes there's not two sides to an argument. Sometimes people are just fucking assholes mm -hmm. or douchebags or whatever. But he always tries to portray it that way. So it is interesting, though, where he he now has two children. Mm -hmm. And he's about our age, probably... I think he might be a little bit older than us. And he already is acknowledging, yeah, a lot of you fucking pre-millennials so whatever the generations do they even have a name for the generations below millennials i, I, I mean, don't even know not yet because they're all just little kids you know i don't know well i mean but they're they're getting to be adults because what it's uh i guess like 22 to I, 33 I is know. the millennial i can't remember generation, the, it's like every so. every generation by definition is 20 years yeah the generational divide is just fascinating it's funny and well i don't know if we talked about this before that there was this sort of threshold for people basically at 30 years old or whatever, where above 30 years old for this pandemic, coronavirus, whatever, that those who are 30 years old and over tend to be more cautious or understand the severity of the situation, whereas those who are uh, 30 and under tend to be a little more cavalier and it's very interesting i mean my sister listens to this so i i'm sure that she'll give me <laughs> feedback but her 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 boyfriend right now uh who they're they have a great relationship and and they're going forward but 
it's uh, he doesn't seem to understand the severity of the situation, and even my sister. I think she does now, but go, wanting to go to the gym, wanting to go out in public, feeling claustrophobic, needing that socialization in the public, all that, and maybe it's just because I'm a fucking old ass where I'm just saying whatever. I'm happy. I'm I'm I personally this past week has been the most productive week I think that I have had in a long long time really? in entirely I've I've cleaned out shit I'm doing work on the internet I'm getting stuff set up and coordinating editing more focused more resourceful as an introvert I don't really care too much about socialization I don't need that in my life and it's very interesting to hear people who I've gotten texts in the past couple of days and I don't know if you've gotten texts from people too where they're saying, I'm stir crazy. This is, uh, I'm just so frustrated right now. This is so, and my response, <laughs> I feel so bad because I, I don't understand necessarily what that is. Cause I've never had that inclination to be social yeah. per se. If this, if I was like in my mid to early twenties, I think, yeah, for sure. Cause you always want to be out and about. And I enjoy going out for sure, and this definitely sucks. But at the same time, I'm, I'm okay staying in. I can find things to do and be productive staying in. But I definitely feel bad for anybody who's in the age range where, like, you're supposed to be going out and hanging out with your friends and not wanting to be at home with your family, you know, like high school right. to early 20s. Especially for people who are that college age where you have that taste of freedom, and now if you're going to come home for summer vacation and it's like you're gonna most likely just hit be stuck at home and that's even worse because then you you you've i mean i would i would often feel like a prisoner in my own home when i would come back during college just just because your freedom is everything that you know is sequestered and everything is down on a smaller level and it's like shit you have to play by the rules and respect the fact that you your parents might want you home at a certain time and where are you going when are you going to be back fucking hate that when where are you going when do you think you'll be back i don't fucking know when i'll be back i'll be back when i'm back you know that's that's enough uh i i I felt a venting victor almost happen right then and there. But yeah, for anyone who would have to, who's who's accustomed to just being out and about, and now all of a sudden you have to be confined, that would really suck. Well, especially especially for college students too, where school's been canceled for the rest of the year, and you have to come back home. Yeah. Be with your parents again, where you were expecting to have another four months. Oh my of... gosh! All the people who were who were going to be doing who were who. Oh my god! I can't believe who are going to be studying abroad. Who or this semester is their study abroad semester, and they're nope. Uh, you're just going to stay in your dorm room here mm. and uh, you can't go anywhere. Wow. And that, I feel like even that is kind of a luxury as well because you have most campuses that are just canceling classes altogether and saying, what was it, Harvard was one of the first ones to do that where they said everyone just go home. We're, we're clearing out the campus, clearing out the dorms. No one can be on Harvard's campus. And I think a lot of other colleges followed after that. I can't imagine... The frustration, especially being a freshman or being a study abroad student who's preparing to do this incredible thing suddenly to have to deal with it. But you know what, hey, though? surprise. This is... Surprise! Your parents are still here. Yeah, but this is... I, th I People don't realize that this is an incredible opportunity to take advantage of this time that that the world is forcing you to have. 
And instead of just waiting around and watching Netflix, take advantage and learn something new. You know, learn a new skill on the internet or teach yourself, I don't know, for example, like teach yourself how to play piano or just anything that might, because that interests me, but is anything that you might be interested in, now is the time to take advantage and learn something without having to worry about other responsibilities. And I think that's where the generational divide comes in, that there are, there, it, and I don't know, I've, I've tried to stay up to date in regards to what younger generations are dealing with, but my understanding is that they've more or less gone through puberty in a internet environment, and that unfortunately doesn't inspire the creativity of what are your passions, what are your, what are your desires in life, and as a result, because everything is so interpersonal and super, like, current time, they're, even now, you see a lot of young people who are just obsessed with now just being on Twitter, being on news, stuff like that. I'm, and I, I, I feel like a old fart by just saying that, but I don't feel like there's that passion or inspiration to pick up a new skill, do stuff that maybe we would have dealt with like during the H1N1 swine flu or any other major world-changing event. I mean, even 9-11. Everything is so centered yeah. around the internet, too. So it's like, for example, let's say, let's say you've got an Instagram account with 100,000 followers. You live, breathe, and die Instagram, and you're making money. Like, why would you deviate from that, you know? Well, even not making money, too. It's all about going down to spring break, yeah, getting yeah, those photos true. that you can post on Instagram and... But you know what's happened to yeah. me since I since this whole thing has happened because I can't go to the gym and I went running one time thinking that no one was going to be there and then everybody was there at the Hollywood Reservoir and that was the weekend oh. where afterwards they're like guys that was the weekend where like the where everything was super crowded beaches hiking trails and everything I just was I thought it was going to be empty and sure enough that everyone was there and so then I refrained from like going there to run but the thing is I um do you know what circadian rhythm is mm-hmm. okay oh yeah yeah Love so it. my like these la- like there was a weird shift here where like can, can, can you explain yeah, what so like the circadian is, yeah so a... the for people who don't know circadian rhythm is your body's internal clock so regardless of whether or not for example the sun is up or down or wherever you are your body your body will naturally know or keep it keep a tempo as to when you should be wake up when you should be at your highest energy level when your energy level should start to be going down when you should you, you should be asleep when you should be in deep sleep when you should be in a sleep but starting to come back up so it's that 24 hour and it resets every 24 hours it's a 24 hour clock for resting mm-hmm. and energy anyway my circadian rhythm got thrown off balance and so because what I've been doing and I don't understand why but I'll get out of bed I'll wake up at like 6 or 6 30 in the morning but I, I I won't have the energy to stay up and so I'll get out of I'll sleep for a little bit and I'll get out of bed at 8 but then I find myself needing to take a nap anywhere between 1 and 6 p.m. I need to take like a two to three hour nap. And so that's happened the last few days. And then I go to bed yeah. and I fall asleep at, you know, midnight or 1 a.m. And the whole thing starts all over again. 
But this time what happened was, the other day, I took a nap for like three hours. I woke up. And the crazy thing is, I remember going to bed at like midnight or 1 a.m. because I was tired. I was like, oh, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to fall asleep right away. I'm in bed for like an hour. I can't sleep. And then it's 3 o'clock. And then it's 4 o'clock. And then five minutes later, it's 5 o'clock. And then two minutes after that, it's 6 a.m. And then 30 seconds later, it's 7 a.m. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, it's the next hour. It's the next hour. So I didn't go to bed. I didn't go to bed at all. And I was like, well, fuck. I I tried so hard. I I started getting tired like at 8 or 9 in the morning. And I thought I was going to go to sleep. And then 10 o'clock rolls around. And nope, I'm now completely wide awake. And it was so fucked up. And so what I did that day, and it really helped, I went for a run. I went for like a six-mile run outside, which was great because normally it sucks because of all the stoplights. You have to stop and go, stop and go, stop and go on the sidewalk. Because there's no cars, you can pretty much run for a while before having to stop at an intersection. And I felt amazing. It felt so good to run six miles. And then that day, I think I... I think I took a I took a nap again, but then I went back to sleep, and I hopefully I'm back to normal. But that sucks. Yeah, dude. I so this is interesting. I'm I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts too, because I definitely agree. My circadian rhythm has also been off, and I find myself so it's weird for me this past week, because I try to keep track of my sleep cycles and mm-hmm. I have found a couple of times where I will wake up. And it'll be two in the morning, it'll be four in the morning, it'll be five in the morning, it'll be six in the morning, where I'm still tired, but my brain is waking me up because I'm trying to go to bed a little bit earlier just to get a jump mm-hmm. on the day. But then also the subconscious element is I'm not going anywhere. I'm not, I don't need to meet certain time, whatever. Yeah. And so I don't know if there's a, a subconscious psychological thing going on where I'll wake up, but I find myself, first of all, sleeping a little bit more, but also having very, very weird dreams. Okay. This past week, yeah. I don't know if you've had any any experience with that, but, like, I've had a lot of dreams with just stuff that it feels like were issues that I dealt with years and years ago, and now suddenly my brain has the time to decompress <laughs> because there's nothing. And so it's all just, well, every night it's the surreal dream. And the weird part, because, you know, when you wake up, you, a lot of times you'll forget the dream in a couple of hours or whatever. And you won't. I can remember for the past three nights what every dream has been. Start and journaling I in your you dreams. These, yeah, start writing absolutely. it in a notebook or start typing it out on the computer. Yeah, it's it's very interesting now that there's not these external pressures because everything is shut down. So I, I, I'm sure like you, you have constantly these things that are going on in your life that need to be done. And so your attention is focused on getting those things done. Now that everything's shut down, it feels like stuff that I put off processing for yeah. years and years and years are now have the opportunity because there's nothing else yeah. that is kind of stimulating that that internal process and I have been having the most surreal weirdest most intense dreams that 
I haven't, I don't remember having since like high school. It's it's the weirdest. That thing. happens to me. That happened. It hasn't happened to me this week, but it happens to me every now and then. Where for several days, I'll have this crazy cycle of dreams. Where in one night, I'll have like six or seven crazy dreams that I can remember. And I've noticed when I when I dream like that, I I wake up feeling incredibly well re- rested and refreshed after having yeah. gone through all these cra- this, these crazy dreams. And, yeah, totally. And I've noticed. And the crazy thing is, when I remember a dream, I I remember the last thing that happened, and then I I try and go back and like, wait, what led to this event in my dream? And then you take a step back. Okay, well what led to that event in my dream and then you go backwards and it's like what the fuck how because when you go through your dream everything just makes sense even though it doesn't make sense rationally but i enjoy mm-hmm. figuring out for example it you know you can be like oh here i am jumping off a skyscraper in chicago flying and all of that stemmed from when i woke up eating cereal at my kitchen counter and that was in the dream me eating cereal somehow led to me jumping off a skyscraper and flying and when you just backtrack everything that happened but yeah i i keep track i used to journal your dreams it happened i eventually got to the point where quite often i would become a lucid dream and become conscious in my dream that was pretty wild I think this is different for me anyway, because it was on Wednesday, I think. I can recall the exact dream that I had. I was at my house, and for some reason, my parents were... My my parents' house, and for some reason, they were having a party and a presentation for my mom, who was the president of the the care center foundation and then she's on the league of women voters yeah. and so it was something like that where there were they were having a presentation but it was during the coronavirus <laughs> and so here in the dream itself and it's so weird how vivid i can remember it where i'm running around with like hand wipes giving it to everybody trying to prevent people from entering in and here there are people coming into my parents house using the bathroom doing all this not washing their hands stuff like that and this it was it was very visceral and the fact that i still remember it right now is something that i find is not an experience that i've had in a long time now that i I don't know everything's on pause it feels as though i can do something with those experiences but it it's very surreal how it still sticks with me after i wake up whereas most dreams in the past you're just going, 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 and the dreams disappear, and Dude, you've got a, a million other things to do with during the day. So it's the not other day, stick with you. I had dreams where I wake up and I'm like, "Was that real? It was in my dream, but it just it felt so real." Like I had this, yeah. I had this crazy dream last week or the week before where I was in a room with people, and there was this unseen entity in the room because I'd be standing there and then all of a sudden I would be lifted up suspended in the air like what the fuck is going on and then and then it wouldn't put me down it just disappeared so then I'd like fall and be like what the hell and everyone in the room is like what the hell's going on there's this entity that's like fucking with us and you know the door is closed and you can't open it but then you can but then it shuts and then like again it's like it feels like a it felt like a wave and it was it didn't feel like 
it, you just get lifted up in the air and then it comes out from under you and then you just like hit the floor again. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I woke up and it was so crazy because obviously I wake up in my apartment and I'm just like, I know I wasn't in my apartment, but it felt so fucking real. It was so, yeah. and the other thing too that I've experienced, I don't know if you've experienced this or, or have heard of other people experiencing experience this, but I felt where I'm, where I'm sleeping or I wake up or I'm not, I'm not awake, but I'm in this dream state where I'm, where, where I'm awake and I can feel like there's this entity inside of me and we're fighting for control of my body. And it, and then I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck was that? And that's happening maybe like two, maybe three times where I'm just like, it's got my mind spinning and I'm sitting there like, I know I was just sleeping, but can someone tell me what the fuck just happened right now? Because it feels yeah. so real. <laughs> Those are some of the memories and my dreams that I tend to forget pretty quickly, but I as you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, no, I've experienced that. What before. about, have you, totally. ever, you ever had it where, uh, where all of a sudden, like, your teeth are falling out of your mouth? Have you had that dream? That's literally the worst. <laughs> Victor, I, I wish we had, I wish we had a video right now. I know, because I just podcast, saw your face, so I was going to say. I was like, my God, that, that is that, and I, I'll, I'll say both these, um, that and getting fat, both of those have been just tremendous nightmares in my personal thing where it's like, wait, I I can just pull up my, and then you pull out your tooth. You're like, Oh my God. And oh your my teeth, God. they like, Oh my God. Before they oh fall out, they're like falling apart. So you have pieces of your teeth in your hand and then the yes. rest of it falls out and you're like, what the yeah. fuck? And then you wake yeah. up and then I've, no, I, I completely empathize with that. I, I have experienced that many, many times. I've had it too, where I, in my dream, I get my hair cut. I get it like cut short. <laughs> and then I'm like and I'm like, good. "Oh no, what did I do? I got my hair cut short." And then in my dream, every moment that passes in my dream where I tell myself, "What did I do? What did I do? What did I do?" becomes exponentially more intense. When I start I'm about to freak out and then I wake up. <laughs> um so I will say the coolest dream and the most surreal dream I think that I ever had was back when I was in either junior high or high school. And it was it was a falling dream where I was on the top of a building, fell off the building, going to the ground. And I vividly remember, and this is still one of those things, it, it's so jarring that it still sticks in my head today. We're going down, going down, going down. And when I hit the ground... I expect to hit concrete mm -hmm. because I'm going down on the street and I bounce and I bounce <laughs> up. But here's the weird part. I wake up, wake oh. up in mid, mid air, mid air where apparently my body's like Jolted done up. whatever. Yeah. And, and so my mind finally, and, and so when I wake up, I'm off the mattress, yeah. but then I hit the mattress I'm like, what yeah, just you said that before. I remember hearing that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it it is very interesting how dreams can kind of uh, inform. Because I I don't know. I mean that that did change the way that I well view 
Have you, you know, have you had it? I know, I agree. I've had that. I've had, because what happened to me one time was I was lucid dreaming. And while I was lucid dreaming, I tried to, I tried to somehow, my goal was to come out of my body so that I could see myself in my bed sleeping, like see my actual self sleeping in my bed. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to, as this ethereal thing, I wanted to see if I could open the door to my bedroom and then when I wake up, the door would be open. That's what I was trying to figure out and do. And the craziest thing that happened was, I'm in, while I'm lucid dreaming, there's, I'm trying to leave my body and there's this resistance that I'm trying to push against that I, and I can't, I can't get out of my own body. I, and I know I'm asleep, but I'm conscious while I'm in this dreamlike state. And the craziest thing is what happened was I was like lying down in my bed, right? And I could feel myself wanting to, trying to get up like this. I could feel this resistance, like if I'm lying down, like starting to get up from the shoulder up. And I don't know what it is when I'm in my dreamlike state. I'm just like, I'm just pushing against this thing. And I wake, I wake up with my body half, half up, out of the bed and going like, and then getting up. That's how I woke up. So my body, while I was asleep, was like lifting half of itself up off the bed, because that's what I'm trying to do while I'm in my dreamlike state is escape my body, and I wake up as my body is getting up, and then I sit down in my bed. Oh my God. It was so crazy. <laughs> but then the other thing, to go off of what you were saying, what I've had happen to me sometimes too before, is where I'm, it's, it's like I'm not quite, I don't know, I don't know if I'm asleep or if I'm like 90% asleep and 10% still awake, like that transition between, you know? Right. And what happens is, Oh God, yeah. What happens is I get this, I get this message sent to my brain and I, I understand it and I get this signal and within a fraction of a second, my body jolts. And all the muscles in my body contract for a quick second. And I'm just like, what the fuck? But the crazy thing is, from the time, it's almost instantaneous from the time that my body tells me what's about to happen to the time that my body just like contracts and jolts is almost instantaneous. But it's crazy because I get that message when... I am unconscious and I get that message and I, I, I tell myself, all right, here we go. And then like a microsecond later, my whole, I wake up to my whole body just taking a split second to jolt itself awake. Yeah. It's so crazy. <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I do it. Yeah, I find it very uh, serendipitous that you would bring that up because I, certainly have had some very weird ass dreams that i i mean i have weird dreams every once in a while but it feels like this past week i have had more dreams than i have in the past year how do you feel so. when you wake up when you wake up do you feel really well rested or do you just feel groggy or confused or what i think it's more of a processing thing where i wake up and a lot of the stuff that i'm dreaming about is subconscious clutter issues you think it's you feel like it's stuff that's just clutter that your brain is getting rid of i think that it's stuff that i haven't really 
fully gotten over yet, and it's weird that it keeps coming back up. I mean, I had a dream about my church, mm -hmm. my old church back in Downers Grove. And so there's a lot of stuff where when I wake up, I think to myself, okay, well, before, prior to going through right. um, all the Gamblers Anonymous and everything like that, um, when I would wake up, it would be something where it was a, it was more of a traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. And now it's more, there's stuff that it's not as intense as that, but it's still super visceral and it's still super personal to me. And I am really, I'm really struggling with trying to make sense of a lot of this because the subconscious brings it out in you. And when you sleep, in theory, it brings out those things that haven't fully been processed and your mind is trying to right. do whatever. But the fact that you wake up from such a intense moment, I, I think to myself, damn, this is not, this is, this is, I don't know what to make of it. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Yeah. Well, maybe it's, you're just, it's your, maybe your body is just giving you time to process slowly just process everything maybe do you feel like in your dream there's something that you need to do while you're dreaming or you just experience the oh, dream absolutely okay. no there's there's always something that needs to be done that i can't do and i try to do and it's one of those things where you just keep you're running and you're yeah. running and you're <laughs> running but you can't get to where you're going right. and it's it's so important that you get there and you're trying so hard and then it just, it's nothing. And then you wake up and you're like, fuck. Yeah. Really? Really? That's the culmination? That's the, that I wanted to succeed. Yeah. And yet every time there's, there's always something where it's like, I wish I could do something and I'm trying to do something and it's not working and it's so frustrating. And then I'll wake up and I'll just, whoa, oh God. Okay. So this is not that was not reality yeah. what i'm dealing with right now is reality but my god it sticks with me yeah. because i think it's so um i'm i i like to think of myself as a relatively reflective person and trying to take in things from the real world right. and the dream world and so when i wake up i i think to myself oh so there's still stuff to do i see yeah that's how dreams are but just to change gears, one of the things I thought of when you were telling me, when you had said, I think you said something like, there's something that I need to do but can't do it or whatever. I thought of my toilet, how right before all of this happened, this right before all this corona stuff happened, the, the, not, the little knob thing that you use to flush the toilet, it wouldn't, mm -hmm. the toilet wouldn't flush. So I'm like, what the hell? So I take the lid off the top and... I try and do it and it doesn't work and so then I just lift up the little metal bar that's that is connected to the whatever so I lift up the bar and it flushes and let the water drain out and then I let go and while the water is filling back up in the top reservoir I touch the handle and of course it lifts up so somehow the the weight of the water that's in that little tank is too strong for my handle and I realize the handle when I try and twist it it doesn't grip whatever it needs to grip properly in order to have in order to have the leverage right. and so a lot of places that are that are nearby are like closed you know I mean but also I don't know how to fix it so 
what I'm getting at is for the time being, what I've been doing is I just leave, I leave the ceramic lift lid off of the thing and anytime I have to flush my toilet, I just have to grab the metal bar that's above the water to lift it up. And my question to you is, have you ever had things growing up like in your house where something needs to be fixed and short term you guys tell yourself like, oh, we're just gonna do it like this for right now and then years go by and that has become like the norm? Because that used to happen to us all the time. Something would happen we wouldn't get it fixed right away. Like for the longest time, one time, like our, the handle on the microwave came off. It somehow it just broke off. And so for the longest time, I remember opening up the microwave like with a fork to, to get in between the microwave door and the microwave to like pop it open because there was no handle. And right. after a while, I'm like, what am I doing? I've been doing this for the last year. Why don't I just buy a new microwave? So I can't think of anything in particular for my family, for example, mm -hmm. who we will... Okay, so this is one of the things as well. That my family philosophy is use it until it literally dies. Until you cannot yeah. use it anymore. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so my family has jerry-rigged various things to make them work in situations where they probably shouldn't work, and yet we found a way to do it. And I would, I would credit that to the Polish side of my family, mm -hmm. where use what you can, because you don't know if you're going to get something to replace it. And I remember, I think it was my junior year, senior year of college, where I, <laughs> this is probably one of my proudest moments. We had a, I, my girlfriend and I at the time, uh, had a bottle of wine and it was a corkscrew and we didn't have a corkscrew. No one had a corkscrew. So I was like, how are we going to get this out? So with a hammer and nail, I was able to jerry rig it to become a corkscrew and pull it out without having to go out to the store and just buy a corkscrew. It's like, well, it'll work because we can make it work. So blinds, for example, uh, the apartment that I had a couple of years ago in um, Wheaton, mm -hmm. where we had sun shining in, um, there, was no, there was no hangers to hang blinds or anything like that. And so I was able to jerry-rig this contraption to block out the sun and to make it totally a, a dark room. And I found so much pride in that. But yeah, no, I, I'm i one of those people where if something doesn't work, mm -hmm. there's a way to make it work, even if it's not the most convenient. And I don't know, I, fi I find that a very useful talent right now because there are many things around me right now where I could certainly use uh, actual But what I've noticed supplies, too is but... like once I just bite the bullet and just properly fix something the way it should be fixed or just replace something or whatever. It's so refreshing, like, oh, wow, man, this is so great. But I think it stems from the fact that you are doing something haphazardly for so long that when you finally do it the right way, it's like, oh, wow, this is a thousand times better. Right, and I think it's well, one of those things where I, it's cost-benefit. Yes, where exactly. What, what will it cost to actually replace something versus what will it cost to be innovative and come up with a creative solution. And for me, I've always been one to first default to the creative solution versus purchasing something that maybe could be just as good if I can find a way to make it more efficient in the, and cheaper yeah. in the way that I do it. How are, uh, how are you guys holding up on toilet paper? 
You guys got plenty of stock? I asked because <laughs> this is what happened. Because I like to buy high-quality, soft toilet paper. That's just me. And Charmin? Um, do, you have a, do you have a brand? We're not we're not sponsored, but do you have? Uh, no, any as long as it's as long as it's soft. Two ply, two ply, of course. But here's the thing: is that when I was when I got a couple things of toilet paper a couple weeks ago, when this all happened, I usually get one package of twelve rolls, and that'll last me a while because I'm by myself, right? So I bought a, an additional two packages of like just the standard stock, just the whatever, right? And so I run out of toilet paper. I run out of the soft roll. I still have maybe four soft rolls left, but I'm like, no, I'll just, I'll just use this toilet paper I have here because I have it here right in front of me. The stock toilet paper. Dude, I, go, I went through that roll so much faster than the higher quality roll. And I'm looking at the thing and it's, and it's like, the package says two ply. And I can see two physical plies, but this this only feels like one ply. And, and it's, I'm just like, I'm just I'm just thinking like, oh boy, I hope I don't run out of this stuff. I saw someone the other day walking down the street in the middle of the day holding a package of toilet paper. I was walking by him, and I oh that's a mugging waiting to I happen. I almost dude. I almost wanted to scare him and be like. Give me that toilet paper, and then just say "just kidding" to see what would happen. But you see someone walking with paper products down the street, and you're thinking to yourself, "That's a bold move, walking without any protection, walking without anyone to keep an eye out for you." That is a bold move. You're just one person, and someone. So you might be hungry for toilet paper, but someone that's hungrier than you are, they're gonna whack you over the head, and they're gonna steal that. Be careful. Right. So, so not, not to, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, not to put a bullet on my family's back or anything like that, but, <laughs> uh, my, my mom actually, she ended up buying, and she told me this a little bit ago, before the whole pandemic, she ordered toilet paper and they accidentally sent her three full, like, pallets, and she had accidentally ordered three of those packs. Okay. About two months prior to this crisis my family is uh is set with that we're we're kind of in the in the mode of yeah no it's, it's funny how mistakes happen but it's funny you mentioned that because i actually and i didn't realize this because and i feel ashamed that i didn't realize this because i'm on youtube a lot and so i like to see some of the the nice stories mm -hmm. that are going around but there was a YouTuber, like a prank, a prank, prank guy. YouTube channel where, so a prank YouTube channel had two months ago bought $5,000 worth of toilet paper to make a toilet paper fort. This was all before the mm -hmm. coronavirus and they had an entire basically warehouse full of toilet paper <laughs> and they decided a prank YouTube channel, which for me does not exude mm -hmm. confidence when it comes to people being right. the best type of people that you could be. They chose to load all of that up in one of their fake ambulances that they've done for various pranks in the past and go out to convenience stores. They went to, yeah, this was in uh, Colorado where they went out to the first old folks home and the, their retirement mm -hmm. facilities. And they had massive, massive amounts, and they're just saying, let's give it to these people and see what happens. And so they gave out the toilet paper 
first to the old folks home and then they went to uh i think it was a target or something like that and they were just in the parking lot giving out literally driving their mm-hmm. little fake ambulance around the thing saying hey you want some toilet paper and the reaction from people like there were tears in their eyes there were people who were saying my goodness i have a family of four kids and uh my husband and we didn't know what we were gonna do thank you oh my god it's amazing it really did bring a tear to my eye where i was saying wow for the culture of youtube and people who tend to be kind of assholes when it comes to getting views and doing the the right out there things where you where you have people who said we have a product that's in high demand and they're not charging for it. They're not yeah. doing anything. They're just going around handing out toilet paper to people. Right. Most amazing thing I think that I saw all week. It was just phenomenal. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, I realized that paper products are fairly valuable. Even before all this happened, I it kind of I kind of realized it when someone had told me like they gave me a list of the type of gifts that you're supposed to give someone for their wedding anniversary and every year that passes it gets a little bit more expensive and the thing that you get for someone on their first wedding anniversary are paper products buy them a bunch of toilet paper and paper towels and stuff and then you get to you know 50 years buy them nicer stuff you know and it's for things that are like they're close friends and family or whatnot i actually i got this list when i was working at the the gift registry at bed bath and beyond several years ago because people would register for gifts or housewarming parties and the woman there was like, oh, this is a list. Parent wants to buy something for their child and they've been married for 10 years or kids want to buy something for their parents who've been married for 30 years. You refer to this list. I think it goes up to, it's like, oh, this is their, you know, 30th wedding anniversary. All right, you want to get something that's in, that's related to this item right here. So it helps people buy something that is nice, but also forces you to hit a certain price point based on the length of time that somebody has been married. Which is pretty cool, but yeah, paper products are number one for the first year. Just get a couple paper towels, toilet paper, and napkins. So, okay, and and this kind of brings it full circle into what is your concept on not necessarily hoarding, but having a solid supply of things? Because, I mean, you live in L.A., so it's not easy to stock things or store things, but where do you find the value in saving certain things and stocking up certain things just in general not even in a pandemic yeah just being prepared for say a, a fucking a they earthquake, like earthquake. Hits la yeah see my my situation is tricky and probably most people because i have limited space in my apartment um, yeah but yeah i definitely find think there's value i think what most people do is they they go through all of, before they grocery shop they go through their groceries, for example, and they don't have anything else, and then they go shopping. So at least to have a small supply of stuff that would be canned food or frozen fruits and vegetables, for sure. Because also you don't know in general. Sometimes I'm like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to go grow. Like, I'm going to wait very last minute. I don't have any food. This works out perfect. I only have one or two meals left, and then tomorrow I'll go grocery shopping. And then tomorrow something happens. I can't go to the grocery store, and then it's like, shit. I really can't go for another two or three days and then I find myself spending money on getting takeout because I literally don't have any groceries but I don't have time to go to the grocery store until 
two days in the future. So you, my point is, regardless of whether or not you're storing up for some pandemic or earthquake or whatever, you never want to wait last minute. Right, and I, I, I have come to the realization too, and this is something that I, I mean, I have a lot of vices. So, for example, my vaping. Yeah, um, I saw Hulk vape, make a and... make an appearance the other day. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> a little thing here. Yeah. Hulk yeah. is the vape device. Green, big old green guy <laughs> with some gold it's, trim. Oh, let me, yeah, it's it literally is the Hulk without arms. Yeah. Uh, if you're gonna go Marvel universe, yeah. but I'm I'm thinking to myself that I went to the vape store to get uh, e juice, and mm. as I was leaving and checking out, they said, "Yeah, we're closing down tomorrow," and that was what a week and a half, two weeks ago mm -hmm. or something like that. It's like tomorrow, like tonight's our last night. Like, oh, thank God, because it would be, I mean, yeah. I'm, I still, I still need a little bit of nicotine just to, well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny that you said that because how every, right now, everything is businesses are ordered to shut down. Non-essential businesses are ordered to shut down. Restaurants can have takeout, right? And yeah. and I thought it was odd because this one pizza place right around the corner is completely closed. But then the next pizza place, like a block down, is open. And it's I'm thinking like, okay, so like you're letting customers walk in? Um, all right. And there's other places, another pizza place, or maybe it was the same place but later that said like takeout or something. But anyway, what I'm getting at is after last weekend and last week, I think... The mayor was like, what the hell? There's still several... Because people report them. People rep report places that need to be closed and they remain open. And he's like, what the hell? These places are still open. You need to do everyone a favor and stop operating for the time being. And I thought to myself, man, I wonder if dispensaries are still open. Because, I mean, they're non-essential. Most people would debate, no, they're essential. But here's the thing, though. I was, I was, when I was walking back from the doctor last week, the one place in the middle of Hollywood is open. And then the, I, I can't remember, but the other day, two days ago, I was like, you know what? I haven't smoked weed in a really long time. I kind of want to buy some weed. So I go to this other dispensary to see if it's open because I like it more. And sure enough, it's open for business. Hell yeah. yeah. So I bought a little gram. But it's, it's funny how... It's funny how those places, I would have thought that they would close, but I guess you can argue for medicinal purposes, but the big thing is that they're open for recreation. You can buy it for whatever you want. Right, and and that's one of those news things that you've seen going around where Colorado actually reversed their stay-at-home order to exempt alcohol and Marijuana I bet the state gets a shit ton of money in taxes from alcohol and weed. That That is one of their primary... Yeah income sources and so you've got california you've got illinois you've got i i don't think new york is legal yet but any any state that is legalized marijuana especially medicinal because i think that's the sticking point where a lot of these companies are saying there are patients who need this as a medicinal remedy but because states have made it recreational it's now a essential business along with interestingly enough alcohol companies and stores people who sell alcohol are considered essential as well and so cannot close yeah so it it is it is weird to see how 
the priorities for the various things that we imbibe. But also, if you think about it, too, like with liquor stores, I mean, they're probably not doing that much business anyway because people go in last minute for a party before they go in. You know what I'm saying? So they're probably not getting that much foot traffic anyway. Because when I went into the weed place, they were only allowing, I think, two people in at a time. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, so, yeah, so precautions can can be taken. But it it is interesting to see that liquor, tobacco, and marijuana are considered essential businesses that are not going to be closed down during this time or don't have to close down or won't be subject to the regulations. You know what I love? Anytime uh, I ask myself a question like, hmm, I wonder why things are this way or hmm, I wonder why this is or is not or whatever. Whatever question you have and if you really stop and think about it, you will find your answer in the fact that it has to do with money. I am shocked considering our last conversation. I am shocked that we really did not focus on talking about the bullshit that's going on with the COVID-19. No. It's been, it's been more of a, a free-form, just general conversation, I think, that we would have regardless of whether or not this was going on. This was, this was great. No, but like holy shit, was... dude. So do you, I, do you remember when I we'll, – we'll end it right here real quick with just a quick few little tidbit on the coronavirus. So do you remember yeah. that, like last week when I was telling you how on the L.A. County – public health website it tells you how many cases there are and how many deaths there are as of 12 p.m on whatever particular day and those numbers have gone up exponentially and just now it's getting pretty scary so before i was telling you like it was like each day it was 60 i think it was 69 94 132 144 210 250 you know and the other day i looked and i was like holy shit 14, I think it was 1,400 yesterday, and as of today at noon, it's 1,800. And so just now, the snowball is starting to take form. The only thing I think that I would say would be, yeah, it, it is very interesting right now. I'm not quite sure how many days till we ended up posting this, but where you have New York saying that the apex is going to reach in two weeks from now. Yes, so, I read the same thing that like 14 to 21 days, it'll re- New York will have hit their climax. Was what expected. Right. And so we're dealing with a thing right now where I, I literally have not left the premises of my house in a, a week. And so for me, doing most of, most of my stuff virtually, it's not that big of a deal. But I'm hearing that hospitals are overwhelmed. Uh, there's an increasing virus rate now that testing is available. And it's like the worst is yet to come in one to two weeks yeah. from now where everything's kind of gonna gonna coalesce and we're gonna get to see how how bad the shit ends up getting but it it is uh it it's frustrating just because it doesn't seem bad from where i'm sitting well nothing seems bad <laughs> but, unless the threat is in your face or you are you somehow yeah. have a direct relationship to it if somebody whatever it is if somebody that you know is affected by it i uh, i will say i take it very seriously i am going to do the best that i can personally to minimize the spread of this and not going to be a conduit for that so i'm fine doing that as an introvert i'm happy 
<laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling stir crazy or anything like that. I'm just going to do what I do just without human interaction, which is fine. But at the same time, I also acknowledge that it's hard for people to right. wrap their heads around something like this. For sure. Well, I think we got a pretty good, about an hour. I'm really happy that, the, yeah, the last two episodes, like, uh, Corona, 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 and now we've got a, <laughs> we've got something else to talk about. The dream state. Yes, the dream state, circadian rhythm, yeah. But cool, I guess uh, that would make this, what, 121? 121. 121, yeah. that concludes things for episode 121. We will see you next time on the next episode of Stream of Thought. Peace. Peace.